Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer or even your tablet. Creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for free so it can be heard everywhere, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice are the most powerful forces of good ever assembled. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Stephen King Show. I've been off for a week. We have a lot to cover, so let's get right into it. After eight weeks of release, Avatar The Way of Water was projected to fall from the top slot at the box office over the weekend as M. Night Shyamalan thriller Knock at the Cabin and the comedy 80 for Brady look to open above the James Cameron film domestically. Knock at the Cabin brought in $5.4 million on Friday. The apocalyptic thriller was estimated to top the box office with roughly $14.5 million, a bit shy of the $15 to $20 million that had been predicted heading into the weekend. 80 for Brady starring Tom Brady alongside Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Rita Marino, and Sally Field took in an estimated $13 million in its opening weekend. Austin Butler said he's trying to lose the Elvis accent. He developed to play the king of rock and roll which he couldn't seem to shake during the press tour. On the Graham Norton show, Butler spoke about the physical toll his performance took on him. Quote, I'm getting rid of the accent, but I have probably damaged my vocal cords with all that singing. Butler says that in some cases, his film performance of a single song took 40 takes. Since the film premiered at Cannes last summer, social media users have hotly debated the authenticity of the accent he's displayed in public appearances, saying he's still trying to sound like Elvis. Two years after he faced a series of sexual abuse allegations that ended his career, Army Hammer is telling his side of the story. In a new interview, he revealed that he contemplated suicide after his downfall and claims he was sexually abused by a youth pastor at 13. The Call Me By Your Name star, who was the subject of police investigation after being accused of rape, denies all criminal wrongdoing but admits to being emotionally abusive towards former partners. Hammer also said he has improved through his recovery and is now working as a sober companion to a fellow recovering addict. Woody Harrelson will be joining Saturday Night Live's growing five-timers club. The Cheers and True Detectives alum will return as host of SNL on February 25th with Jack White as musical guest. Harrelson previously hosted the show in 1989, 1992, 2014, and 2019. His most recent stint launched a recurring role, with him reprising his Joe Biden impersonation in multiple 2019 episodes. Netflix is heading back to Point Place for more of that 90s show. The That 70s Show spinoff has officially been renewed for a 16-episode season 2. 
That 90s show season one premiered on January 19th and skyrocketed to the top of Netflix's most popular English television show list in 35 countries, with more than 41 million hours viewed. Laverne and Shirley star Cindy Williams' name won't soon be forgotten in the place she grew up because they're dedicating an entire day in her honor. She was raised in the Van Nuys neighborhood of Los Angeles, and there's now an official movement to, de- to declare January 25th, the day she passed away, as Cindy Williams Day. A spokesperson calls her a Van Nuys treasure and Hollywood icon who served as a role model to young women and showed them that they could achieve whatever they put their minds to. Williams died at 75 last month. Jim Carrey is unloading his home of nearly 30 years. He has put his sprawling 12,700 square foot LA ranch estate on the market for a whopping 28.9 million, complete with a tennis court, a waterfall pool, and an outdoor platform for yoga and meditation, all in the heart of the upscale Brentwood neighborhood. Sitting on more than two acres, it comes with five bedrooms, six bathrooms, an outdoor spa, a pool house with a fully equipped bar, and a separate infrared sauna and steam room hidden behind a 280-degree hedged frontage. It also features an extensive custom art deco theater, a gym, and an office. Time now for music news you can use. Beyonce, some fans are so desperate to score tickets for her upcoming Renaissance tour that they've created GoFundMe campaigns to afford tickets. One wrote, I would love your financial support in sending me to Beyonce World Tour 2023. I haven't missed a Beyonce concert yet, but I got bills, bills, bills. Rihanna, Adele is as excited for Rihanna's Super Bowl appearance as the rest of us. During her Vegas residency show on Friday, Adele confirmed she'll be attending the Super Bowl, telling the crowd, I'm going just for Rihanna. I don't give a flying freaking bleep about football. Depeche Mode will release the new single Ghosts Again tomorrow. The new album Memento Mori drops this Thursday. It will be the group's first release since the death of co-founder Andy Fletcher last May, age 60. Tim McGraw recently posted a video of his acoustic rendition of Shania Twain's classic ballad, You're Still the One. Twain, who dropped her new album, Queen of Me, on Friday, called McGraw's performance of her 1998 hit, Gorgeous, in the comments. And Carly Pierce, March 24th, she'll release 29 Written in Stone, live from Music City. It features special guest Lee Bryce, the Isaacs, Matthew West, and Ashley McBride. Coming up, run for us, run. But first, I want to know, it's snack food month and a survey 90% of respondents admitted they are snackers. What's the most unusual snack you've ever seen someone concoct? Well, I once made a peanut butter and jelly Pop-Tart sandwich. It's pretty good. The Super Bowl is this weekend in Phoenix. This is the first chance all season for the fans in Arizona to watch a pro football game. Run, Forrest, run. It took him over a year, but the British man who became the first ever to recreate Forrest Gump's fictitious run across America from the 1994 movie, and he did it in full Forrest costume, was has written a book. In it, he tells how in 2016, the then 38-year-old, the same age as Tom Hanks when he portrayed the Gump character, began his journey, which would take him through 43 states over 422 days as he crisscrossed the country four times, covering a total of 15,621 miles. He also went through 33 pairs of running shoes. The experienced marathoner encountered blistering heat, torturous rain, and relentless snowfall, raising money for two charities along the way. He worked the Boston Marathon into his itinerary, came across moose, bears, and dolphins, suffered a torn quadriceps muscle, and at one point paused his run to fly home for the birth of his daughter, squeezing in three marathons while home. 
When he finished his Forrest Gump run in Utah, his fiance and baby daughter were there to greet him. That's when Pope, wearing a Bubba Gump Shrimp Company hat, dropped to one knee, partly out of tiredness, but mostly out of tradition, and asked Nadine to marry him. His book, Becoming Forrest, One Man's Epic Run Across America, is out now. And he's praying like heck that Tom Hanks doesn't decide to make a sequel. Showing up sick, three in four of us still feel an obligation to come to work when we have a cold. According to a new survey, even though 57% would prefer our sick coworkers just to stay home. A recent poll of 2,000 U.S. adults finds that many still feel the need to power through our illness, similar to our mindset before the pandemic. Interestingly, when sick, 38% make it to a point to come in just to prove to their colleagues and boss they are genuinely unwell. Other top reasons for showing up sick include a fear of coworkers seeing them as unreliable, leaving others in the lurch, and simply having too much work to do. 21% said they show up to demonstrate how dedicated they are, and 18% don't trust others to do their work properly. I don't even trust me to do my work properly. New good news. Scientists in Italy say they've come up with a new mosquito repellent that works better than DEET is safer and even smells good. In fact, the team created a variety of compounds which were found to be as effective as DEET at repelling mosquitoes, with some preventing over 95% of bites to more than eight hours. DEET's effectiveness begins to drop in as little as two hours. The new repellents were all found to have much fainter odors, some even smelling quite pleasant. They dissolved in water more easily, which could reduce the alcohol content required and they all had toxicity comparable to two or even lower than that of DEET, with some less likely to trigger immune reactions. The only bad news, it attracts bears. The delicious looking foam on top of a latte is inspiring a better way to treat cancer. Potentially groundbreaking research from the University of Iowa is creating new materials that may figuratively spray cancer away. The new materials, called gas entrapping materials, or GEMS, come in the form of foams, solids, or hydrogels. Researchers designed them to carry high concentrations of therapeutic gases directly into tissues, including tumors. Foam gems are made using a whipping saffron, essentially the same device baristas use to make foams on hot chocolate and coffee drinks. However, the team reverse engineered this one to accept various gases, including oxygen, which have been proven to make cancer cells more vulnerable to radiation or chemotherapy. It sounds pretty technical, but what Starbucks order isn't? All right, and uh, the Grammys are coming up, and here's some of the most surprising Grammy wins from over the years. Barack Obama, he's a two-time Grammy winner prior to being elected president. He won in the Best Spoken Word Album category for the audio versions of two of his books. In 2020, his wife Michelle Obama also sc scooped a Grammy for the audiobook version of her memoir, Becoming. Bill Clinton, Mikhail Gorbachev, and Sophia Loren. Oddly, they won as a trio for teaming up on a recording com combining Peter and the Wolf and Wolf Tracks, landing the best spoken word album for children, Grammy in 2004. Bahamin, yep, won for the best dance recording in 2001 for their classic Who Let the Dogs Out, yet somehow ABBA, Queen, and Katy Perry have zero Grammys among them. Kate Winslet, with her 2000 victory in the best spoken word album for children category, she's just one Tony Award away from a uh, E-G-O-T status, that's Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Yeah, it's just a Tony away. Betty White, in 2012, she won for the audiobook version of her memoir, If You Ask Me, and of course you won't. 
The Muppets have scored a handful of Grammys over the years, first winning Best Recording for Children for their Muppet Show album in 1978. Steve Jobs, the late co-founder of Apple, was awarded a posthumous honor Grammy for changing the way we consume and listen to music. And Alvin and the Chipmunks, the singing rodents, have a whopping six Grammys, including Best Comedy Performance for the Chipmunks song in 1959, but J-Lo, Blake Shelton, and the Beach Boys, zero. And we'd be remiss not to mention Jethro Tull's legendary 1989 win over Metallica in the heavy metal category. Coming up, things you probably didn't know yesterday. We're just a few days away from the Super Bowl. It should be a good game. Both teams have deep rosters, a ferocious pass rush, and one more thing I overheard someone on TV say that I can't remember. All right, time for things you probably didn't know yesterday. An unopened first-generation iPhone from 2007 has hit the auction block with an estimated value of $50,000. Originally sold for $599, the first iPhone offered a 3.5-inch screen with a 2-megapixel camera, plus a 4-gig and 8-gig storage options internet capabilities and iTunes. It had no app store, ran on a 2G network, and was exclusive to AT&T's network. LCG Auctions, which is handling the sale, sold a similar unopened first-generation iPhone for over $39,000 in October. Apple enthusiasts have until February 19th to bid. And some more things you probably didn't know yesterday. The famous aphrodisiac Spanish fly is made from dried beetle remains. Gross. Apple seeds are poisonous. Your hair grows faster in the morning than at any other time of day. One in 20 people have an extra rib. Black bears are not always black. They can be brown, cinnamon, yellow, and sometimes white. The original name for the butterfly was Flutterby. And I have the answer to last Monday's question of the day next. We're just a few days away from the Super Bowl, which means we're also just a few days away from finding out whether downtown Philly will be torched to the ground by a cold, happy mob or a cold, angry mob. Well, last Monday I asked you, 36% of people claim that they've never had this for breakfast. What is it? Answer, pizza. Today's question, a survey found that couples do this for a total of four hours during January, more than any other month. What is it? I'll give you the answer tomorrow. And I leave you with this. More is lost by indecision than wrong decision. Talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, Steve.